Once saved, always saved? Don't be deceived. By Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. I will not dispute who among mankind is saved and who is not, but it is imperative that we do not believe the lie, once saved, always saved. The word plainly encourages us to keep learning and walking in truth, to not be complacent and be found always moving forward. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 encourages Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5 says plainly, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. So what if one is not an overcomer? What if they believe the lie that they do not have to be obedient or accept the personal responsibility to grow in God? What if they are deceived into thinking that just believing in God and reciting the sinner's prayer is good enough? If only these had been encouraged to read the Word, they might have found the Scripture in James, chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Demons are not among the saved, I promise you. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Believing is not enough. We must live our lives accordingly, unless, of course, we die immediately like the thief on the cross. In that case, we would be saved. The living, however, must grow in the knowledge of God to know His will and repent where we fail Him. We must be counted among the righteous. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 informs us that the unrighteous, whether they believe or not, will not inherit God's kingdom. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Even though the world's society and their hypocritical churches condone those sins, we must, as God's family, overcome them. There are demonic forces at work that cause man to sin in these areas, but with God's help they can be overcome and victory over them enjoyed. The word overcome in the Strong's Greek Dictionary is number 3528, meaning subdue, 
conquer, prevail, get victory. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 and 12 reveals the enemy that causes us to stumble. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All mankind faces this battle as Satan owns this world. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Those that believe the once saved, always saved theory do not see the necessity of being prepared for these end times. They become an easy target for him to lead astray. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21 is another portion of scripture that is very clear concerning the things a child of God must learn to be an overcomer, however. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. How many in the world's churches today operate in these very things, yet in their hearts believe the lie they are okay and trust they're still written in the book of life? Just believe, and you will be saved, they are taught. But let us read Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. In other words, what Jesus did on the cross was not to cover willful sin after we are born again. His blood will have been shed for nothing in the case of ones that know better, but refuse to change. Let us now read verse 29. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 29 through 31. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Does this sound like once saved, always saved? I don't think so. There is also sin that will absolutely not be forgiven, now or ever, thus costing us our salvation. Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 and 32. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men with repentance, but the blasphemy against the Spirit 
will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. What exactly is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit? It is claiming something is demonic when it is the Holy Spirit functioning. For instance, when someone is prophesying, working in the gifts of the Spirit, etc., and people accuse them of operating in witchcraft, or even say they are working in the flesh. If they simply misjudged, that is one thing. But if, set in hatred, malice, or contempt, they are blaspheming the Holy Spirit, because it is He that is working through them. The Holy Spirit came on the Feast of Pentecost to bless men with the gifts of the Spirit, found in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Spirit-filled mankind is therefore gifted to allow the gifts to flow through them. But it is still the Holy Spirit's anointing and ability that causes the gifting to function. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 14 explains what I mean. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Those that mock and scoff God's people and come against leadership, telling lies and gossiping against them, surely should be afraid, also for it is again the Holy Spirit that operates through these ones. It is truth that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of all humanity. He was sacrificed as our Passover lamb. He paid the price for our sins and made a way for us to repent, be born again, and given a chance to walk as a new creature, ever learning and finally maturing to a new species. If we should fall short, God is quick to forgive us when we see where we're wrong and ask for His pardon. All of us fall short of perfection, and thankfully His grace and mercy endures forever on behalf of those who love Him and are earnestly trying to make the kingdom walk. But make no mistake, if we purposely sin after baptism, we are no different or better than Adam and Eve. They too were new creatures or a new creation, but they willfully or knowingly chose disobedience and sinned. As the result, this once innocent pair became the beginning parents of the cursed race of mankind. So we understand how the born again that are willfully disobedient can fall into the same category. You see, Jesus paid the price for all the sins of Adam's race. Their minds, full of the knowledge Adam and Eve chose from the enemy, they have traits handed down genetically from the infusion of angel blood. But what about for the willful sins of those born again, new creatures with the access to the mind of Christ who are kin to him through the blood covenant? These are to be overcomers. Here are the elementary principles of our first steps in making our walk 
as an overcomer. First, we must believe. Then Peter explains the next few steps in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 40. Then Peter said to them, Repent for all former sins, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus, not the titles Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, still for today, as many as the Lord our God will call. Many are called, but few are chosen, as they are disobedient, so still unrighteous. Now, again, we must continue to move towards perfection. Remember Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. You see, God has a plan for the total restoration of mankind. Only by hungering for truth can mankind grow. To not eat truth is to become weak, except and believe the lies and false doctrines of man. My closing remark is this. We all must walk the highway of holiness because it leads to a narrow path that will take us on into paradise. With this heart condition, if we should lose our lives anywhere along the way, we would be escorted on into paradise by the angels. However, we will only be escorted if found walking forward. We can't be sliding backwards standing still, refusing maturity and perfection, willfully sinning, or completely off the highway and found in the devil's territory. These will be judged as part of the body of Satan and will perish. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 8 through 12 makes this quite clear. And then the lawless one will be revealed the body of Satan, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, truth spoken through his people, and destroy the brightness of his coming through his body. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, his knowledge, his co-workers, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, huge edifices, big congregations, money, power, fame, and notoriety, and with all unrighteous deception, false doctrine and lies, among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Not all are saved. And for this reason, no love for truth or desire to know more. God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. God does not save everyone, that they all may be condemned. Old King James says, damned, who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let us close with the rest of the scripture found in Hebrews 
chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift, been born again, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God, truth, and the power of the age to come, the gifts of the Spirit. If they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God, and put Him to an open shame. So once saved, always saved, is a lie, straight from hell itself, that is embraced by many of the world's churches, directly from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Please don't be one of the deceived.